Joe. Hey, we are back in the football shed. It's our World Cup review. It's the end of the World Cup. Well, it was sad the World Cup's over. I don't know whether I'm sad or like also excited because it means Premier League back. But yeah, sad. Four years yeah. is a long time. And it's four and a half years till Qatar because it's in winter. Uh, I'm not sad. Fuck it. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait for life. <laughs> I can't wait for life to be back to normal. I'm fed up with getting up at two in the yeah, morning. Yeah. I'm fed up at waking up at four and then yeah. having to go to work after a game. Yeah. And like having my kid wake up during extra time, I'm not happy with any of these scenarios. And then two in the afternoon, just being fucking knackered and annoyed. I'm done. <laughs> but it was quite exciting. Oh, it was quite yeah, exciting. It was quite exciting. We well, got about an hour. You got to be excited. Okay, about it for Jeff. But my name's John Hewitt. Jeff King is here. Good day. And Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. And we are the Football Shed. We're here every Wednesday, Thursday. I don't know. We don't know what day we're here at the moment. Um, talking about football. <laughs> well, we're working the, on it. Is it? I was going to say, well, it's Thursday today. It's not no, Wednesday. No, it's not Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but always, we start with a question. Because it's the end of the World Cup, I've got three questions. Oh, wow. So it's a best of three. Are. Three lions. Yes. Almost. Like First it. question. Like how many goals were scored in the World Cup? 169 161 169 Rogers read this somewhere. Ah. Oh, you, read you, read you, you cheated uh, no no I, I just have heard it you cheated last... through acquiring knowledge of I've, football <laughs> I've heard it over the last few days that's cheating ok then Rog of those goals what percentage was scored from set pieces uh, 46% 55% 43%. Oh, Roger. Roger hasn't got out much in the last month. He's <laughs> just read about football. Okay, Belgium scored the most goals. How many different players scored for them? Nine. I, know, I was going to say that too. I'll go with eight. Ten. Oh, oh Jeff. Does that mean I win? That's pretty good. Yeah, it's so impressive. ten yeah. outfield players scoring a goal for them. They were um, pretty good, Belgium. Got to say. Yeah, they did right. The dark horse. <laughs> they're no longer a dark no, horse. No, they can't be a dark horse. No, they're the dead horse now. They're all old, aren't they? Yeah, they're not, I mean, they're not dead, but <laughs> they're out. they won't be alive in Qatar. Although they're keeping hold of uh, Martinez, apparently. Well, he's the, he's a bloody genius, isn't no, he, he's Martinez? Not. He's, cra- he's no, lucky. He's I got think really good players. <laughs> I, it is interesting, like... Uh, I don't know if we're going to go on to it or not, but I, I think that they probably lost the semi-final. I think Martinez was a big factor in that. Yeah, they had a better of, coach. Him, yeah, I, I think a smarter coach because I think their their players are are as good. Um, I just don't think, and I think he got a lot of credit for the way they played against Brazil, and rightly so because I think he made some. Uh, you know, made some calculated risks and they came off against Brazil. Um, but then he, panicked, he changed then. things again against France so and, it, and it didn't work. Almost like he got too much credit for changing his team and he yeah. thought, well, I'm going to change my team. going to change it again. And then, yeah. yeah, I just didn't think it worked. Before we get onto the football... Sorry. No, you're right. We've got to see how we did with our predictions. Ooh, now, yes. Not very as, well, generally. As far as I can remember, I was winning at the end of uh, the does, last pod. doesn't sound right. Is that not right? No. I've, well... I think it is right but anyway so winners none of us were right because France won I had Brazil Rog had Brazil Jeff had England yeah I did however I've decided that we're not going to win the World Cup <laughs> four days after we finished do you know what though I am that's gonna, the most educated opinion Rog I'm going to give this to Jeff because we each had a, 
uh, selection that made it to the semi-finals, but Jeffs was the most unlikely, so I'm going to give. We had Brazil. They got to the quarterfinals. No, but we had oh, we had France in finishing um, getting Stop to the talking, Ross. Yeah, yeah. We, we'll go. We'll go through. <laughs> I reckon Jeff. I'm wins trying to the... be magnanimous. I'm giving it to Jeff. Yeah, thanks, well, thanks. Yeah. Well, I reckon he should win that one because he got closest. True. Yeah. yeah. So semi finalists: Spain, Germany, and France for me. Argentina, France, and Germany for Jeff. Spain, Germany, France for Rog. So we all got one. One. That was the one shit. I was trying yeah. to give you two. <laughs> Top scorer. I take it back. Neymar for me, Muller for Rog. <laughs> oh. Such a shit shout. Oh, no. And Harry Kane for oh, Jeff. Oh yeah. Does that mean Jeff's winning two? Some people are calling it the the worst worst ever golden boot winner, which I think is a little bit harsh to be honest. No, the worst is Oleg Solenko. Five in one game. He scored five against Cameroon, who had Roger Miller, who was forty two years and old. And it was a dead rubber. It was a dead rubber, and they won six one. So then he won the golden boot. That's Amazing. Worst. Yeah. Okay. And Great knowledge. Golden ball winner, Isco for me, Harry Kane for Jeff, Neymar for Rog. Now, I reckon Isco was the best player out of those three. He nice. was actually really good. Spain went out too early. Passed yeah. the ball sideways too much, they couldn't beat Russia. Ba-bam! <laughs> <laughs> Isco sideways, that's what they call him. Well, who wins out of Harry Brother Kane of and Jamie. Neymar Isco then? Harry Kane. Oh, God. It's got to be... Uh, no, do you know what? We rely on Harry Kane a lot, but I don't think he actually had a particularly good tournament. I think he looked knackered in the knockout he, stages. He did right? in this tournament. It's a microcosm of Harry Kane's <laughs> career. He overachieved statistically <laughs> and wasn't as good as he is. Well, I, so do we still think he's not very good? Well, I, that's the thing. And I think we have been saying that for I, years. Yeah, I think he's going to go his whole career being. Yeah, he might get top goal scorer in the Premier League five years in a row. And everyone look, but you know he's still an overachiever, isn't he? Yeah. Well, it, fundamentally, his game is just put the ball in the net, though. He doesn't have to do anything else. Yeah, you're so right. If he does that, then he's doing well. But it doesn't matter if he's doing overhead kicks have, or not. In my life, I've never been so confident of an English penalty taker as I have Harry Kane. Yeah. So, so credit to him. And that and that goal he scored with his heel. Oh, vision. It took vision. <laughs> well, just just confidence. He's going to put the ball in the net if he gets a chance, which is yeah. why we were so surprised when he didn't. Um, surprise team I went for Senegal Jeff went for Peru Rog went for Uruguay now Rog wins but Uruguay is that a surprise that they're good they're a really good team uh, well I, I quantified it when I made that shout and I said they'd get to the quarterfinals okay did you yes. I don't remember that no, I, if, you, if you don't remember back to the original episode I mentioned two teams one was Uruguay the other one was Croatia you talked me out of Croatia because you said they were a mess and, and, and nothing was going to go well. Uh, they are a mess. Luka Modric can end up in jail. I'm probably Uruguay, even though they're not a surprise. It, they they didn't do better than you'd expect them to do, but they did the best of those three teams. So you got to pay them that. Yeah, okay. I hate okay. it. Well, I, I think people would have put my thinking in terms of it being a surprise was that I thought they'd play Portugal and I thought they'd beat Portugal and they did and I reckon a lot of people would have, yeah. wouldn't have would have picked that as yeah. well yeah fair enough all hail Roger <laughs> <laughs> um, how far will England get I went court finals Roger went court finals Jeff went winner hey. well no because 
Yeah, Jeff wins. Oh, come on, really? it was coming home. Well, yeah, it was a day. We gotta be we're, both, we're all one game away. Yeah, but we've got to be optimistic about it. Like, how, when what, are, Who is this, Rog? Like, <laughs> when, <laughs> when are we ever going to get England wrong that way, that we actually did better? Yeah, then? fair. So I, I, I'm giving that to Jeff. Okay. How far will Australia get group stage for myself and Rog? Second round for Jeff. So, yeah, too yeah. much faith. Second round with Peru as his surprise team really hamstrung Jeff a bit there. Oh, there, there wasn't much forward thought in that. Um, <laughs> and yeah. Better the tournament. Panama lower score as me, which actually happened. You won, it paid. A grand total of $3.50. From <laughs> your $5 bet. <laughs> Not to be sneezed at. Because yeah, it was shared 12 ways. Um, K Hill score ahead of a Jeff and Germany to win a Muller top scorer. <laughs> Oh, I just keep saying it. It sounds so good. I love, I love being wrong on that one so much. So, in conclusion for our addictions, I think Jeff won. Yes. I think I was second, and Rog was last. Well, uh, wait a minute. Well, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah, right. So, World Cup final. Did anyone watch it? No. No. Well, well I watched. Uh, the whole funny thing. time. So got up at one. Well, the problem is, as an England fan, you, yeah. you didn't care. Well, see, no, I didn't care until about two o'clock in the afternoon Sunday, and I had this wave of, oh, it's the World Cup final tonight, and got it's, really it's excited. It's still pretty exciting. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, especially because it only comes around once every four years. It is, and and we we do this podcast, and we talk about bloody Watford and West Brom, and and, and we put a lot of effort into being moderately impartial with our weekly mm. views on the twenty Premier League side. <laughs> However, I. I I just didn't care. Yeah, that's fair enough. Like, and I'm sorry. No, no, no I didn't fair. want France to win though because no. they've already won it. So I, I didn't want France to win. Croatia, fine. Yeah. I, I'm, I was just glad the Germans didn't win. Yeah. I was glad. <laughs> <laughs> that's I was glad England did well. Yeah. So as far as I was concerned, like tick, the, the tick, was over tick, tick yeah. done, and France were probably going to beat Croatia. What about with hindsight? Being a wonderful thing and how the game ended up. I wish you? I'd watched it. Yeah, yeah. I wish I watched it live. It's, it's the curse of being a fan in Australia because, yeah. like, I went to bed at nine, set an alarm at one, watched it, um, and then went to bed, back to bed at three. But I've done that so many times watching Man United games, and it's nil nil against West Brom. You're just like, I'm tired and pissed off now. Like, it's you've got to gamble, um, but it was a fucking brilliant yeah, game. It, it would have been a so roller coaster. Good. And um, Croatia were excellent. Like, they came out, and I was just like. Hang on a sec. Croatia are the better team here. Yeah. They were just going at um, France. I think they like. There's the whole thing about them being tired because they played extra time in every game, which I think they were aware of, and they were just like, "We've just got to go for this. We, we, it's 90 minutes or nothing." And uh, they just went for it, and they didn't get a goal. And then France scored from nothing. Like it well, free- and, and I hear it was a dodgy free kick. Yeah. So. Um, I, I can't remember who committed the foul, but it was Griezmann who got fouled, and he just fell over. Like he wasn't even touched or anything. He, nowhere near the ball. Can they VAR that or not? No, because no, it's got to be a penalty or um, there's only red cards, penalties, goals, goal scoring, mistaken identity, yeah, mistaken yeah, identity. Okay. But a great free kick in by Griezmann. Yes, yeah, it was like a great. It was, free it was all kick. danger, and like it was an own goal, but um, Manjushik had no other opportunity other than just to try and head it and see what yeah. happened. Um, do you know, if Varane, who was just in front of him, had got the touch on that, I would have won $135. Did I bet on him to I score. I had $5 on France to be up at half-time to win the cup and Varane to score. Or hail John. Uh, well, no. Well, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you shit. Fucked it. Um, it. 
there was, it was a great free kick in. It was great to see Croatia get back in the game so quickly. Um, and then that goal was amazing, by the way. Perisic. Brilliant but goal, he, um, and he's been great because I, I, he was brilliant against England as well. But yeah, I loved. I thought it was a cracking goal. It was a roller coaster, but then that penalty decision, I think, was a was a disgrace for a World yeah. Cup final. And like VAR has been big in this World Cup. It's gone quiet through the knockouts, and then. Um, have you seen the whole sequence of what yeah, happened? Yeah. And he just like he went over to have a look at it. And cool, fair enough, they've said in his ear, go and have a look at it. He spakes ages looking at it, and it's meant to be clear and obvious. And he obviously doesn't know. It's not clear and obvious to him that he's made a mistake. So it should just be no penalty. And he corner. made the initial decision not to give a penalty. Yeah. So unless there's a clear and obvious reason to overturn it, no. to stick with your original decision, and that's where it falls yeah. down. And I think the other... the the issue I had with it <clears throat> as a process as well was this is a World Cup final he's gone over to the screen mm. he's not making a decision in the moment as a referee he is walking over to the thing or running over how are you not going to think about the fact that there are however many people in the stadium watching you there are however many bloody millions of people watching on TV it's the most and then you've got event in the world. time so that to me that having to make a decision in that environment moves away from your core skills as a referee in terms of seeing an event and making a decision yeah. to then being like watching footage again and again and, tr- and you'd, you'd second guess yourself nah, like then, it, then the problem isn't VR the problem's a referee yeah, the referee was really poor. And, that, and this is the thing, we, we've we spent our entire lives talking about problems with referees. Remember when Clattenburg gave, away, gave out three yellow cards to the same player? Yeah, yeah. Like we, but you, but you, can, you can imagine that. And the, the event got to him just like you're pressure, about. Yeah, there's more pressure but, on them. Well, there's more pressure on them in yeah. that game no matter what. There's more pressure on referees at the World Cup no matter what. The, so when you said oh, but it's like taking that a was a decision that VAR made, that's not true. The, it was a decision yeah. that referee made, and the referee made the incorrect decision using more information than he would usually have, that's a refereeing mistake, not a problem well, with Well, someone from VAR has brought it to the referee's attention. Yeah, but that's... Of course, what, and that's, that's, that's fine. That's, that's their, their job. role. Their role is to go, we may, we see something that may be... Take another look at it. Yeah. Have another look. That's the whole point so, of VAR. So the referee is allowed to make his choice. And, and because of that... It but then I think they've made a poor decision too, because it's clearly ball to hand. But they, they're allowed to go, we spotted a handball in there, you're the referee... Have a quick look at it. Tell me what you think. And the referee could go, oh, he had no time to get it away. My decision's right. Great. Actually, it's a refereeing decision, not a VAR but I, decision. But I... There, you cannot discount the fact that he is making that decision then in a more pressured environment than he otherwise would be. It's like taking a penalty. It's, exact, it's exactly the same thing because you have other factors that come into the decision and I think you're more likely to make a mistake in that situation or change your interpretation because you you feel under pressure to do so it's human nature perhaps you would be but that's because the referee isn't used to that system yet and I would say that that system all it does is equip the referee with more data to make a decision that they deem correct but that's the point it's a decision that the referee deems correct and we will always no matter what there's, there's, it's not a committee that decides yeah. this we go down to one man in the middle of one man or woman in the middle of this pitch who's going well it's my job to make this call VAR. now we've given them more but, data well but I'd say the VAR people in the bunker somewhere like that is not a clear and obvious error it's a handball in the box 
So what they're saying is, we spotted a handball in the box that you haven't spotted, or that you yeah. have made a call that wasn't a handball. What we're telling you is, it's a handball. You decide whether it was intentional or not. Or time. You decide, knowing the rules of football, whether this is a penalty decision or not. We're yeah. going to tell you that if you haven't seen it, it did happen. Can he talk to the VAR people when he's making his decision? No, they should have no input. All they do is provide them with the information. So when a ref makes a decision on the field, sometimes... He talks to his his linesman. Now, in rugby, Mm. they have... This system is... It's been going for longer and it's much better in that rugby union has a lot more rules. Mm. So it's it's almost more difficult. But generally, they make the right decision. There are still some contentious calls. But one aspect of it that I think works is, one, it's on a big screen in the stadium and you can hear the the referee talking. But the other thing I like is that the referees consult and they talk about it and yeah. they you know they can he can sort of bounce it off the yeah. the video ref a bit and they can and I think that might help in some cases rather yeah, than yeah I agree but I think they're at that point with VAR where they've done it in the World Cup and obviously in the group stage it was just carnage first few games yeah. because chaos, no one yeah. knew what was going on and it was just like let's make, maybe that's putting let's and then they obviously after the group stage went okay we need to chill this out do you think they got told to put it away well <laughs> no because I think that from what I've heard VAR was used just as much in the group stage but because they mention things and they talk about it but they just rather than going ref look at it ref look at it ref look at it they go we've seen something you don't need to look at it or we've, like yeah, they're okay. constantly telling him things and it's fine just play on carry on or whatever so like that going it's not clear and obvious you're fine carry on and the referee might go when they say in the in the final when they, he goes oh, it's a ha- we spotted a handball that you might not have spotted he could have just gone oh no actually I did spot it I didn't deem it intentional yeah. and that would have been the end of it if he had any doubt he'd have gone oh yeah I thought there might be let me oh thanks let me go take a look and then it's up to the one man and in the beginning of the middle of the field again of all the pundits I've like listened to various radio things or whatever in the last week since the final 50-50 people think it's a penalty like I, in my head, it's not a penalty at all. Like I don't know how anyone can think that. I don't. I just don't want things like that to suddenly become a penalty. Yeah. But the thing is that half the time they were anyway. And if, yeah. if, you say, if, if half of the football fans and half of the football pundits are watching the replay and can't decide, then it's referee's call again. Yeah. What we've done is we've equipped him to be able to make sure he's seen it to make a call. What we need to do is now train up referees to cope with pressure to cope with the occasion to make sure that they are so equipped with the footballing rules and they're so astute at their roles that given more information they make the right decision more regularly also it'd be really handy if FIFA came out and went the handball rule is this because no one fucking knows what is it intentional or unintentional are you going to get in their brain and in an unnatural position or if it's moving or or if it's next to your body it's not handball but you put your common sense hat on and you're like if someone has no chance to react like you Tell you, you have a different common sense hat than me. That's a fact. Yeah. But when when, <laughs> when there is a hand when there is a handball, generally, when you watch it, you feel you get a feel in your gut straight away. That's handball because yeah. you see them. They do, there's an action, and you can be like, he's trying to block the ball. Like and some, and, one in the first France game, yeah, where yeah. It just goes. And, and, and yeah. sometimes the players themselves, like they react afterwards, and you can see immediately they know because sometimes for whatever reason you do just like, oh, you stick your hand out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then you also know the ones when they have literally just done something. No they've yeah. done something, and like, how could they have avoided doing that? Like, and in those ones, it's clearly not a penalty. And to me, it was one of those instances where it just his arms are in an awkward position because because of the way he was trying to like he was jumping with his legs in the air and he's trying to bring his arm back in and, and I don't see what else he could have done we, we've done our best uh, during our, our pod sheds to um, 
shed pods. Shed, shed, pod shed, shed, shed pod. Shed pod. Uh, to avoid co- talking about VAR, we yeah. made a conscious effort to do it, and I think it's good that we're having this conversation now. Yeah, me too. However, we're in it now, yeah. and and no matter what, this is something that exists in football. It's not going away. Is it, it coming a, in the Premier no, and not this year. That's annoying me. Like I, now that I've my at the start of the World Cup, I hated VAR. During the group stage, I hated it. During the knockout stages, I actually grew to like it because I was like, this is actually being sensible and working now. And now it'd be great if everyone around the world in the big leagues went, okay, we can keep getting better at this and improving it. But and it's now not- England, well, I think it's going to be detrimental, talking of England, it's going to be detrimental to England in the Euros because we're going to have a year less of getting used to VAR. Yeah. And everyone else is going to Are the to other it. major leagues introducing it? Well, Spain and Italy did it, had it last year. And Germany. And Germany. So um, why are we not then? To me, I, I completely agree with this. All job. of the clubs had a vote, and in to change the rules in the Premier League, sixteen out of twenty clubs have That's to vote right. in favour yeah. for something, yeah. and not sixteen said we want VAR. Yeah. Now, in British, Aus- we don't like change in Australia, yeah. and the way the governing body works, and the same in the US, the governing body can tell the clubs to do whatever the fuck they want. So they don't have a say. Or at least they have a say, but it accounts for, what, 10% of the actual say of the league. Yeah, yeah. As well as the if they want to make it happen, and whatever. Yeah. Now, but what's happened in Australia is they've changed the the process to mimic what happened in the World Cup. So last year in the A-League, they had VAR, but no one knew what was going on. They didn't have a little cubicle, no one went to watch anything. Right now, in the next season of the A-League, the referees going to have to go to the side, watch it on the TV. There'll be yeah. a thing saying VAR review and what it's being reviewed for, just yeah. like in the World well, Cup. Will they put so, it on a screen? Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah. so the World Cup has actually helped advance VAR in leagues. And if we knew in the Premier League that it would be the way it is at the end of the World Cup, we're foolish not to have it. Yeah. It won't be the actual footage on the screen, though. It'll just say VAR review in big letters. And, and what it's being reviewed possible for. Possible penalty. Why won't they record. put the footage up? Because that's like, I, you think, I think it's too contentious to put it in in the actual. They never have replays in the stadiums ever for any football. If you go and watch a football game, there is no replays of any free no, kick. No, it's true. Foul, yeah, no anything. elbows in the goal. Face, yeah, yeah. no. Because sometimes you're like, oh, I wish I could see a replay. Yeah, like, goal. Yeah. yeah. So they never. Uh, I, yeah, I, I suppose let's let's move on from VAR. Yeah. But I I agree, John. In that I thought, come the end of the World Cup, I was. Like we know, I don't like VAR, and I thought I was going to be just on my high horse ranting about this <laughs> thing that had ruined the World, ruined the World ruined. Cup. Yeah, yeah. But I think they, the, most of the errors that we're seeing are because they made a mistake introducing it for a World Cup, and by the end of the World Cup, they'd managed to iron out a lot of those things fairly well. Yeah. They did a much better job than Optus did with their coverage. <laughs> yes, uh, and, and I and I it didn't. It didn't really detract from my World Cup. I had a bloody great World yeah. Cup. I actually get added to the World Cup. I enjoyed the controversy. Yeah. I enjoyed the the pantomime of it in the in the group stage. I enjoyed them getting it right. I, and then I enjoyed knowing when you see something that happens in in the box, you've got this this sense of Ooh. fairness that yeah. actually if there's something there, it's gonna be picked up on. I I like that. Well, and, and England penalties final, against Panama in the final, happens. watching that when it happened, like. I was half asleep, but suddenly just sat up on my seat. Wait, was like, yeah. what's going on? It's exciting. It's exciting. Like, and yeah, like and um, like feeds on the internet will just go nuts and go, what's going on? What's happening? It was exciting. Yeah, so, I, I'm, I'm with you. Last couple of things I want to talk about on the final. Deschamps took Kante off, um, and Kante's been excellent in the whole World Cup. But they took him off after 50 minutes, 
um, because Mod, um, Croatia put basically a plan to just chase Kante down. So whenever he got There's the ball... There's talk that he, was, he might have been injured too. Yeah. Not was... injured, ill. He had some kind of gastro. He was oh, sick okay. himself, yeah. Well, they, but they also gave him a real hard time. So yeah. every time he got the ball, they just pounded the like chased him, chased him, chased him, chased him, which he's not used to. He got booked too, didn't he? Yeah. Early on. He yeah. got booked. So I thought that was big balls of Deschamps really basically going, I'm gonna take one of my best midfielders off and put Steven Zonzi ex Stoke player. No, don't, <laughs> and don't judge Steve yeah. yeah. we remember we talk a lot about footballers being able to get better. Yes. And Zonzi is one of those. Yeah, he's, he's one of those examples. So yeah. we think about him at Wigan yeah. and we think about him being Crap. Really, really horrible at yeah. Wigan. He played in Wigan with Emil Heskey up front, didn't he? Yes. Like he played yeah. in a really yeah. Yeah. crap side. Was he at Wigan? Yeah, it was yeah. Wigan pre uh, Stoke. It was, when, it was Blackburn, uh, Wigan, and Stoke. Didn't uh, he? Uh, it, no, it's definitely Blackburn and Stoke. I can't remember. Yeah, he, was, he was at Wigan. Yeah, it, he, he was crap, yeah. crap, 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 crap. <laughs> now, <laughs> now the blokes worth forty million pounds. He has improved astronomically. Yeah. So we we judge him like we judge other footballers <laughs> that we've deemed crap. Um, and the other last thing on the World Cup final, Croatia's keeper was injured. Yeah. So, like, it's super sitch, I think. Real injury or kind of carious injury? No, no, really. No, because there was talk of it for the England game. And, and you're right, because he was very slow to get down for two of the France goals. He couldn't for Mbappe like, and he could, They had no bounce in his legs or whatever. Like, he could, he could run and jump and catch a ball for a cross. Um, but if it was a she wasn't agile yeah make a quick save you couldn't do it um, I got a couple of things on the final two yeah go on um, Raphael Varane uh, I think is close to my player of the World Cup or he was young really player yeah. I think generally the team that defends best wins the World Cup yeah. I think France defended the best we didn't necessarily think about it at the start but they probably had the best centre back pairing yeah. uh, Uruguay looked good as far as yeah. they went obviously we knew that they were going to play together we thought Germany would do well because they've got um, you know two Hummels yeah. and um, Boateng yep. um, I thought Varane made the step on this World Cup from being very good to being world class proper world class proper world, like yeah. he he scored important goals he's super quick he organised them. Yeah. He, he just, he. I was like, this guy is. And he's played class. at Real Madrid for the last three or four years, and he's always at Real Madrid, kind of been the younger guy, and he was mm. behind Pepe. Behind Pepe, yeah. <laughs> um, and then Pepe left, and he's been first choice. But then you have got Ramos next to him, so he's not the leader, is he? Because no. Ramos is the leader. Whereas at France, he's the main. He's man. the leader, yeah. And um, he really stood up and was brilliant. Last thing I want to say about France, uh, it's hard not to mention Giroud. Yeah. <laughs> No goal, Giroud. So, not even no goal. So, I want to read you some stats. Okay, yeah, cool. I'm not sure oh, if you've heard these special. or not. But um, versus Australia, he played for 20 minutes, had no shots on target. Yep. Versus um, Switzerland, he played for 90 minutes, had no shots on target. Versus, I don't know what flag this is. Red and something. Norway? What, who else they play? Denmark. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Coming from the travel agent. <laughs> <laughs> no shots on target, 90 minutes. <laughs> Um, I'll skip. I'll skip a few of these because basically he spent the whole tournament without a single shot on target, and he won the World Cup. He didn't have one shot well, on target. Not one shot on target. I reckon I saw him have one, nine, but it was blocked very early. And he played ninety minutes in six out of seven games. Yeah, because they didn't start with him. They started with Dembele against okay, Australia, and they're a mess. Yeah, yeah. Not a single shot on target in the World That's Cup. That's amazing. Winner. And uh, everyone takes a piss out of Stefan Givash when they won the World Cup in 98. 
because he didn't score a goal. Um, but you don't same thing. Yeah, yeah. like if, if he's going to be there, Martin Keown described um, Giroud as a um, basketball back a backboard. Board. Yeah, because yeah. you just give him the ball and it bounces down to someone who's better. Yeah, and, um, which is fine. Like if it works, I mean, he's a World Cup winner. Yeah. Um, can we talk about Pogba quickly too? Yeah, go on. Uh, one of the things about the France setup and when Giroud went up top, they got the best out of Pogba. Yeah. And I think Pogba had a brilliant World Cup. He was excellent. And he was a main man. His pass in the final, yeah. you've seen that? Yeah, yeah, so good. It was one of those ones mm. where you just watch it like a game. Yeah, it was like the, a, on the a Hollywood game. And it was just like, <laughs> oh, a game. Oh, wow, a game. Yeah. Like, just, <laughs> um, and I really thought he grew into the World Cup as you know, the best teams, best players grow into the World Cup. I think he did that. I thought he bossed games. He did everything. And I think he's put the pressure on Mourinho a bit for the season because to me he suddenly looked like back to his Juventus form and back to a player who is you know 98 million or whatever it was and a superstar and I think United need to play in a way that gets the best out of Pogba like take the shackles off him a bit you've got Matic there he should be able to play maybe Matic is a bit forward thinking than Kante oh not much no not at all really um, but I just think France almost showed that if you're... I mean, yes, I think Mbappe's the sort of... The sprinkles on top. Yeah. And I don't know if France would have won it without Mbappe's pace. But you've got other players who who are quick. And I, I just think if you... You know, France effectively built that team around being solid at the back and then giving Pogba licence to try and run the game. Yeah. And they won the World Cup. But they also played with, like, getting... In the final, they had 40% possession. Yeah. Like, which is a very Jose Mourinho way of playing. That, but that's what I mean. Like, yeah. I think Jose could look at France as a template. Like he would, yeah. I would imagine he would have loved that because it yeah. was France. That basically, they were like, "We'll defend first. We'll be pragmatic, and then we've got a few flair players who will do enough for small periods of the game yeah. to get our goals." Because France had that spell where they blew Argentina away. That was like yeah. fifteen minutes. Yeah. They did it in the final. Like it was always they just have fifteen minutes of power sports. and then go. Yeah, that's like Mourinho all over. Yeah. But I, I just, I'm really intrigued to see what he's going to do, do with Pogba. Yeah. Um, so France have won the World Cup. Yeah. So as the world, sorry, go on. No, or you, you go. Like the world, what are you going to remember? How are you going to remember it? Like, is was it a good World Cup? Yeah, yeah. It was excellent. I loved it. Yeah, I, I had a great time. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very tired. Well, actually, I'm not now because I've had two nights of proper sleep. But um, it, it was an excellent World Cup. There was great goals, great. Play. Oh no! Was there great play? No, there was a lot of shit teams. In all honesty, but tired. Was, that's what everyone's yeah. saying. Everyone's but there tired. was lots of um, action. Lots of crap happened. See now, this is this is something I'm finding it really hard to reconcile with. So it was in Russia, right? Yeah. The that in itself, we knew when when the World Cup was drawn, it was in Russia and Qatar. Corruption, full stop. Yeah, corruption. Yeah, there yeah. was an expose no just afterwards. Yeah. It was paid off. Yeah. Completely paid off. This is a bloody blatter's time at FIFA. So coming up to this World Cup, you know, over the last two years, we'd probably say there was talk of not even two years before that. You know, the annexation of Crimea. Yeah. There was talk about whether oh, the the bloody spy you got um, in Salisbury uh, in the UK. They were talking about whether we should boycott this World yeah. Cup. Like yeah. whether, whether the British should even go. They didn't send any members of the royal family. That's never happened before. They didn't yeah. send any political delegates. That's never happened before. However, the optics of this World Cup, it looks like, I've heard people say all over the place, best World Cup ever. Mm. I've heard professionals, pundits, who who 
are good at canvassing opinion, say that everything they were told about Russia is not true, great place to walk around, really family friendly, sun yeah. is shining, wonderful place, come here on holiday, it's so beautiful, isn't it a privilege to be in Russia? Yeah. Um, and it's not even part of me that's uncomfortable with that. I'm very uncomfortable yeah. with that. So when they had the um, Winter Olympics in Sochi, yeah. the IOC put pressure on Russia to release some political prisoners that were deemed incarcerated unfairly. Yeah. So okay. human rights activists yeah. who, who were locked up in Russia without trial. Yeah. And so to have the Winter Olympics there, the intellectual said, okay, you can have it, but we're going to put some pressure on you to go, if you have it, you have to kind of play ball with this other stuff because this is a world event yeah. that you're going to be you're going to be seen in public. So did FIFA do that for Russia? No. Absolutely not. In fact, quite the opposite. So the... Um, Right now, in one of the Siberian bloody prisons where you're just locked up. Gulags, as they call them. Yeah, yeah, the old... called a gulag? Yeah, that's what it's called in, like, Soviet times. Is, is the ex-leader of Chechnya. And the ex-leader of Chechnya is, is a kind of left-leaning, again, yeah. human pro-human rights. Yeah. Now, he was uh, aggressively taken down and replaced by the Russian government. And his replacement was a guest and had a photo with the whole Egyptian team. Yeah, now wow. his replacement is a puppet of Putin. Like yeah. the, when we watched the first game, Russia versus Saudi Arabia, and oh. we all commented, yeah. uh, like I think on our WhatsApp went crazy, and we all commented on the on the first shed review. Remember that photo of uh, Putin and the um, Sheikh of Saudi the sh- Arabia, Sheikh of Saudi yeah. Arabia, and Infantino just sitting up there yeah. in there. And one Putin funds one half of the Syrian war, and the Sheikh funds the other half no, of the Syrian war. I don't like this. And, and I don't like that we... That, as I say, it's about optics. The reason why this was so important, why Russia paid for it, is exactly because of what's happened. So it's a perfectly orchestrated piece of normalising uh, an international Looking regime Russia, yeah. which currently is, is in as bad a state... I mean, I'm quite a left-leaning person, yeah. so from my view... Uh, you yeah. have differing yeah. views, but from, from my view, Russia is as bad a... Uh, authoritarian autocratic state that I've seen in a very long time they're gaining international credibility like they've done with the World Cup doesn't sit right with me well, no, so, um, Putin his popularity rating didn't increase in Russia at all um, which is interesting but that doesn't actually matter either because you're right it's more about legitimising what he's doing in internationally yeah. I think yeah I think it's been like I think it's difficult to separate the politics and the sport bit I think the World Cup exists in its own little bubble, like it's a fake world. I think what I've liked about the World Cup on the kind of political side of it and the people that have been there, reporters and stuff, is that they've obviously gone and gone, oh, Russian people are really good. Russian people are really nice and friendly. And it's easy to forget that Russian people that run a country aren't the same as the people that are in the country. And I think that's been noticeable and everyone's suddenly got this different view of like oh actually the people of are okay. Russians however yeah. that doesn't change that the government are the what the Do government you know, are I agree and I'd say that on the flip side of everything I just said and, and I hope I'm not getting too political for a football podcast no. but on the flip side of what, of what I just said the Russian because of the the restrictions in Russian visas so the fact that only Certain countries, certain nationalities yeah. can get a visa to Russia. They're very regimented. You have to declare where you're staying every night. You yeah. have to have an invitation letter by a Russian business. It's very, very hard to get to Russia yeah. unless you're minted. Yeah. Very, very hard. So the Russian people don't have that much experience 
apart from what they're being fed by mm. whatever media agency is feeding them information, whatever schooling system. Yeah. Russian people don't have that much information of the outside world on a, on a first-hand, I'm having a chat with someone from... They, have, Arab, they have to do that too, which I find even more bizarre. And that's that's one of the reasons that policy is implemented in Russia. It's not actually for foreigners. If you're a Russian living in a city and you go to stay somewhere else, you have to do the same thing. You have to have an invitation. You have to yeah. register and, go, I'm, going uh, and I'm going here. So, which is, so for the Russian people, what they got was exposure to hundreds of thousands of people who've come to Russia because obviously they relaxed the... One of the things that did make them relax the visa laws, which yeah. means that all you had to do was have a ticket stub yeah. and yeah. you have... And now they've extended those visas to the end of the year. So people who went to the World Cup can oh, come wow. and go to Russia. Yeah, okay. It's a good thing. Yeah. But what that's done for the Russian people is it's meant that they can meet people from other nationalities and they can realise that the world actually isn't this oppressive anti-Russian place there are people who are from Latin America there are people who are from Europe who don't hate you who don't come from you know capitalism isn't this thing that that means that you know everyone's trying to win and and these human beings are are just as good which hopefully will mean that they take those views and then they they kind of they look at those in in reflection to the views that are being projected to them by state-run media state-run newspapers and going well you know you're telling me that everyone from every Western Europe European countries a cunt. Yeah. Actually, I met a bunch of Germans, a bunch of English, yeah. who were really nice. Yeah. Maybe there's something. Maybe I'm being lied to. I thought to it here. was fascinating as well that the, there was a very, very few English fans went, but very few European fans went as yeah. well. Western Europe, Western was, Europe fans yeah. didn't go. Latin American went in their droves, like, and purely because there isn't in the news in Brazil or Argentina or whatever. Russia's bad, Russia's bad, Russia's yeah. bad, Russia's bad. Whereas everything in the UK in the build-up to the World Cup was, don't go, you're getting a fight. It's getting, like, I, I would and you, have gone, and you can understand like, why, though. I mean, when particularly with the Euros, when we saw what was happening. Yeah. And I think we talked about it in the last pod that's not necessarily, you know, a group of Russians that was particularly representative of Russians in general. But you can... I mean, some of it is fear-mongering, but you can also see why that, why yeah. that happened. That the... Human rights thing as well that I just wanted to. I, I saw an article on it this week that made me sort of because I've been really excited about the World Cup and I saw this and it made me a bit uncomfortable too. Was the um, Russia's appalling record on um, LGBT yeah. rights? It's illegal. Rights. Uh, it's not LGBT just illegal. People. You can get put uh, in prison for but it. But they um, obviously the Pussy Riot. Um, they did a, protest did a pitch and invasion, and one of the reasons was was around that and, mm. and, and protesting for gay rights. But the other thing that I read that I thought was appalling was there's a campaign that's been quite visible for a few years where I can't remember the name of it, but effectively it's sportsmen that have been wearing rainbow accessories, a rainbow laces, rainbow, rainbow laces. Socks, yeah. Now they sent out thousands and thousands of pairs of rainbow laces before the World Cup to every team at the World Cup got sent rainbow laces now not one player in the whole World Cup wore those England's uh, the head of the FA when we got to Russia you know, did an interview when we qualified had a rainbow badge on and he was asked you know are you going to you know, see you're supporting gay rights. You, and he's like, you know, said he'd be proud to wear it in Russia. Nothing. Wow. And then the thing that made me really annoyed, England got fined £50,000 twice for wearing the wrong socks. Yeah, not so the sponsored not socks. the sponsored socks. So England are willing to do that and cop a fine for that for commercial reasons because they want to wear other socks that are obviously... That they prefer. That they prefer. 
but yet not one player would wear rainbow laces. Uh, I just think the, that's, that just doesn't sit well with me. So those fines come from FIFA. Yeah. And they fine you more for wearing the wrong socks, drinking water out of the wrong bottle, than for racism or anti-homophobic yeah. anti anything. Like they charge you ten euro, thousand euros for that, fifty thousand for wearing the wrong shoes. So, right. so when I, I I bring this up because it makes me uncomfortable. Because when I ask the question, "What do you think of this World Cup? Yeah. Was it a good World Cup?" You're right. It was exciting. It was excellent. The football was. Brilliant. Like chaos, yeah. to the point where it's so entertaining to watch. The stadiums looked great on the yeah. telly, like yeah. as a spectacle. To remove it, and, and you could like it's, esca it's escapism, out. isn't it? Could you know, like... cut her out and put it anywhere in the world? However, when you don't, when you when you realise what went behind getting it there, projecting it to the world, the reason why it was projected to the world, and the the effect that has, and the the power that that gives to to something that you don't necessarily agree or believe in, it really makes me sit. It makes it, and, and to know that the next one is in Qatar... Yeah, I was going to say, so roll on Qatar. Uh, and that's the thing. And we've, we've sent each other messages in the last yeah. week going, oh, should we go to Qatar? Yeah. Let's go to Qatar. That would be great. Yeah. yeah we, 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 but part of me is like, I, there are endless reports of Malaysians who are working in Nepalese, construction Nepalese, on, yeah. on stadiums in Qatar dying. You're yeah. not allowed an exit visa. They, yeah. they ship in workers and unless they let you a leave slave, the country, you are a slave. Yeah. So it's, it's like going to the opening of the pyramids. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you realise that 100,000 people yeah. died getting these rocks from down there, do the pyramids look as good? No. Now we've yeah. we've got the beauty of time, which means yeah. you can now you can think, oh, it's not me; it was an old yeah. race. The pyramids were yeah. made fine, but right now we see it in the news and it's real. So, okay, no, no, you make a very good point. Um, in do you think we're going to look back at this World Cup in ten, fifteen, twenty years time and just go, oh, that was? That, is we, it the Berlin Olympics? Yeah, is it the, yeah, is it the same we, thing? Yeah, do you I, think it's a similar well, thing? No, and I, th I think the the prism of football means when we look back at footballing events, we talk about the semi-finals, we talk about VAR, we talk about the football, and we are almost conditioned to ignore everything else that happens. Well, and and but we're, I... we're told that this brings the world together and this, this yeah. is a peaceful thing. Looking at the Saudi Arabian bloke and the, uh, and Putin, yeah, and, yeah. that's not unification but, of yeah. the world. I, I, I agree. I, I think we can't, we can't forget about that. And I think sport has a role... People within sport, you know, sport has a role in society, not just to entertain and bring joy, but also to draw attention to those things. I think we, you know, everyone has a responsibility to do that. But I also think that it is, it's the pinnacle of our of the sport of football, and we all you have to look at it. You can't forget about the other stuff, but at some point, you do need to just look at it as. A World Cup and look at the football and yeah. and I think in that respect it was great and I think because partly because I didn't expect it to be good maybe but I like I thought it was a it, it was you know well it was brilliant World Cup from that respect I completely agree I don't think we can forget about the other stuff um, and we need to you can't just gloss over it but yeah as a, as a human being when do you when where is your line. No, sorry, I don't, it's an yeah, no, Did no. it stop you from enjoying the World well, Cup? Here's the thing, like, and you look. I will draw a very, very quick parallel because yeah. I know I'm banging on. No, no. Uh, if you look at Republicans in Congress right now with Donald yeah. Trump, you think, well, why isn't one of them going? Actually, this does not represent me. I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory and go. You do not represent my country. You're a treacherous fuck. Yeah. Now, where's their line? Now, I'm thinking as a football fan, as someone who's going to pay his 
six dollars to Optus to, to watch yeah. this bullshit sorry you know what I mean yeah. it, as a football fan I'm doing the same as a Republican congressman going well you know I'm going to I'm going to enjoy the spectacle and just ignore that bit because I like this enough to be comfortable to let that go. I but agree with that. I agree with that. But also, it's a dangerous path to start going down because my hoodie is probably made by some child who has died somewhere. Like, of course it is, yeah. And every and you, it's like, I find it difficult to be so world aware of everything I do because I won't leave the house and I won't wear any clothes and I won't buy any food and I won't do anything <laughs> ever because the world's fucked yeah. um, and my just on a personal level I regret not having gone to the World Cup this year having and I didn't go out of fear because um, I would have gone I don't care if anyone came with me or not I would go I will go to Qatar next time and yes they have human rights issues but I care about football a lot. I also have a big passion about the fact that football has a positive effect on people all over the world. And I think that's a good thing to support. If I always don't do stuff because there's a bad person involved or there's a bad thing happening in the background, I won't do anything ever. And I, it makes me up, like nervous to do anything if I worry about I it. Think so you've got to be self-aware enough uh, to... to you know and to stick to your to your principles but you're you're right John you can't it, it's a re- it's but it is a really hard one I, I got my first thing about being excited about Qatar this week I've been even more down on Qatar than Russia yeah. uh, for obvious reasons um I, I didn't realize they've changed it either till today to, in terms of the time to Christmas yeah but one thing I think that will be unique about Qatar is that Qatar is tiny and all the stadiums, all the are, going stadiums are going to be in one like one place. It's a precinct. It's a and precinct so all of a sudden, there's going to be all these amazing... And look at the amazing fans in Russia. I mean, the Latin Americans was a big part of that, right? In South America. Like, it was, it's incredible, the colour yeah. and the fans. Sport. It'll be a unique And now all, of, it, all yeah. of that is going to be just dumped in, in, in the desert in <laughs> one town. And I'm like, that could be kind of cool. Like, of course it will yeah. be cool. But to, to be conscious of how we got there... Like where yeah, we should be conscious. That, of I'm not sure that my line doesn't yeah, stop yeah. me from going to Qatar. Yeah, and and it, I'm not sure that it was my line that stopped me going to Russia. And it's only it's only posthumously that I'm looking at that World Cup yeah. and going, it made it. it you thought about it during me, the World yeah. Cup. Hypnotized yeah. me to ignore it, and now I'm going. Oh, snap out of it, Jeff. Actually, yeah. you were outraged by this for four years because of the corruption. Yeah, and now, like I think Qatar is probably my line because the. To think that yes, it's a great precinct, but I'm I'm walking on tarmac that's been yeah. put down on dead slaves. That's a problem. But then you set in Australia, which is tarmac put down on dead slaves. It, so so I, this is where my brain like no, we'll, I get we'll, it. we'll move on. But that's where my brain goes is that the what humans are fucked and have been fucked forever. So yeah. if I think about it all the time, I'll just kill myself because there's no point <laughs> as a as a football podcast and the politics aside. I think. If we put it at that base level, I think Football's I really, really enjoyed the football, I and I didn't it. necessarily expect to. Like there were lots of surprising things. You called it the World Cup of the um, the underdog or you know, yeah. small teams, and there were there was a was, lot of things about we didn't teams expect. Play rather than individuals. Yeah. Um, the football was great. Of individuals, best player was won by Luka Modric. Second was Eden Hazard, which I agree with. Third, Antoine Griezmann. What did he even yeah, do? Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I, I would put so many other French players, like we talked about Varane, Varane before, Pogba, Pogba, yeah. Kante. Um, any other players that you want to mention on the 
best player in the oh, world. Jordan Pitford. <laughs> How can we not mention Jordan Pitford? Well, I, I was going to say Kieran Trippier. Uh, he was in the team of the tournament, wasn't he? They haven't released the team of the tournament. Oh, I yet. think he was in the team of the tournament. Okay. I, I think it's been released. I think Kieran Trippier was. Because there were no be. French players in it. And that's why it made the, that's why it made a headline because of wow. the French players in the team of the tournament. Wow. Um, I could be wrong, but I read it on yeah. the internet, and everything on the internet is true. <laughs> um, it, yeah, I, I would like to nod to Modric because I think we've been. I mean, we I think we're lucky in that we saw him in England be brilliant at Spurs, yeah. and then he's gone to the biggest team in the world and been like their best player, yeah. and they've won you know four Champions Leagues in five years three in a row he gets glossed over a bit because of Ronaldo but now we've seen him at a World Cup being the main just man being, Boston, the, yeah. being the main man and he went in the moments when he needed to stand up and do stuff he was so good and I love that he missed the penalty and then took a penalty he scored a brilliant goal he never scores goals like, and I, he might go to jail for perjury he might go to jail for perjury yeah, but like, I, I think he that's going to make you anxious no one's going to argue <laughs> with that with that decision are they I don't think to um that you shouldn't go to jail? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, to give him the, the golden ball. Um, any other World Cup bits before we move on? to? Some, I've got a little bit of something I want to mention about internationals in the future. Uh, no. Goals. I, I'm, Do you want I'm, goals? Do you want to talk about goals? Just going? I just, no, it's fine. It's the future. I'm itching to talk about West Ham. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm just going to go. I'm going to literally, I'm just going to reel them off really quickly. And then just because it makes me smile. And yeah. then you can think about all the goals. All right. Yeah. And there's a lot of variety here. And I loved... Really quickly. I love the World Cup because I love the goals and there were such a variety of goals in it, like epitomised the World Cup for me. Yeah. Um, he did say quickly, didn't he? Okay, one of my favourite ones. <laughs> on. uh, Tony Cruz for yeah. Germany. Brilliant goal, but my favourite bit wasn't the goal. My favourite bit was you thought that that brilliant goal to get the result against Sweden meant that Germany were then going to kick on and win the World Cup and I just loved that that was a false dawn. It just didn't so work. it was one of my yeah. favourite yes. goals just because of that. Pavan. Argentina against Argentina. Nacho, oh, yes, yes, Nacho yes. for Spain against Portugal. Yeah. How, good was, how good was the Spain was. Portugal yeah, game? Brilliant goal. Uh, Shakiri against Serbia. Love the celebration. Yeah. Same as Xhaka's. Messi against Nigeria. That the only thing amazing. he did, but that goal was amazing. Ronaldo. He looked so relieved when he scored that goal. Yeah, just, Again, you thought that was yeah, maybe that's that when Argentina yeah. go, yeah. and they weren't. And that, yeah. I love that too. Ronaldo. Uh, was he ever going to miss that free kick to no. equalise with Spain at the end? How good was that? Charisma, we talked about the. Oh, what a moment outside. that Ronaldo free kick. Sorry, you oh, are yeah. going quickly, but yeah. what a moment that was for 3 3. Amazing. I know. How good yeah. was that game? Feels like a lifetime ago. But, Belgium's team goal. Uh, but yeah, I've got that. Uh, to beat Japan. Yeah. Uh, Musa against Iceland for Nigeria. Loved his double. Uh, Mbappe, the run for the penalty against Argentina. Lingard, how good was Sterling's little flick? Lingard's right goal was little Lingard. Excellent. Little Lingard. Uh, Bashing it in from distance. Cherishev's goal. Cherishev's yes. uh, outside of the foot, but yeah. also his goal against Croatia yep. was brilliant. Um, Di Maria against France. Merton's volley. De Bruyne's against Brazil. Cavani's fifty-yard uh, one-two with Suarez. Oh, oh, <laughs> that, that is that is one of my highlights. I love the fact that he didn't two. really head it; it just came off his face. Yes. And why are they both so wide? <laughs> like they're playing up front, they're two up front, and they're both just on the wings. And we go, oh well, we'll still pass each other. Chad, yeah, Chadley's Japan, which was the. Um, the, the, the winner against yeah, Japan was amazing. incredible that move uh, I've, I've got a new respect for that goal having watched it 
uh, in my looking Lukaku leaving it Lukaku, yeah. Yeah, but his run initially to take the defender took away took everything with him yeah, yeah and then was, being completely selfless to leave the ball to Chadley yeah. excellent finish it's a good World Cup for Man United John I'm expecting big things from United this year I'm not because Jose Mourinho is still the coach <laughs> yeah, they, they were released into the world that happens and then, soon when we come out with our Premier League predictions when Man United can get yeah. relegated but no there were some absolutely cracking goals yeah, it was amazing. Um, the only one that you've missed that I've got on my list uh, is Kolarov's free kick for Serbia. It was early oh, on. Oh, yeah, it was early on too. Um, now, Jeff, you wanted to talk about West Ham and transfers, but before you do, international football. Is that World Cup over then? No. World Cup's officially over. Well, before the World Cup's over, we go on to the Nations League. Have you heard about the Nations oh. League? <laughs> now, I'm I've, not excited about this. I sat on the tram for half an hour today reading about the Nations League. I know nothing, tell me. Trying to understand it. I still don't understand it. <laughs> but just to try and explain quickly, I'll give myself two minutes. Mm-hmm. So, international friendlies are shit, aren't they? So they've removed them. So no international friendlies. Wow. You have the Nations League. 55 UEFA teams are divided into four different groups. Tiers. Tiers, done by ranking. So it's tier A, tier B, tier C, tier D. Each of those tiers are divided into different groups. So in group A, the 12 best teams, they're divided into groups of three. So England have Croatia and Spain in their group. Right. You play each team home and away. If you come top of your group, something happens. I don't know what. If you come bottom of your group. <laughs> so we play Spain and Croatia away. And home. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, home and away. Yeah. <laughs> if you come bottom of your group, you get relegated into B. And the people who come top of their group in B get promoted. So um, does that mean that our only we're the friendlies yeah. are like in the next foreseeable future is Croatia and Spain? Yes, there's no yeah. friendlies. And, and, well, and then the next, once the promotions and relegations of those leagues, the next lot of friendlies is within whatever league you find yourself in. Yeah. So if... What happens at the end of it? At the end of it... So, <laughs> now stay with me for this. Yeah, I'm lost already. So this happens between September and November this year. Now in March... Wait a minute, so, we play... Yes. Four games in like two months. Yes, what, it's usual, what happens it's, it's friendlies, usual international yeah. breaks. But not against the same two teams... No, that's Home not what this is new. This is, <laughs> I'm just introducing you to the oh, new thing. I don't theme. like this. <laughs> but I have to draw a picture. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. So that happens then. Yeah. And then next year, the European qualifying starts. But they squeeze that all in between March and November. And that's normal qualifying. You know, mm. Groups, top two get through. That's 20 teams. There's four teams left who can qualify. They come from the U- Nations League groups. Now, if you win your group, you go into a playoff. But if you've already qualified through your qualifying group, you don't go into that playoff. The person who finished the below you does. Goes to the playoff, yeah. And you go through those playoffs, and basically, if you win your semi-final or final, those four of those teams that win also go to the Euros with those twenty teams. Basically, all of this is for Scotland to qualify. Yes, <laughs> and because the, num- the numbers didn't quite match up, or something. it is utter carnage. Yeah. Like, I've, I've, I've read the UEFA site, I've read two Wikipedia pages, I've read the BBC, I've read the Guardian, and the Independent. I don't understand it. <laughs> and you know, what? I still get the feeling that when this rolls around in when did you say it was September? Yeah, we're gonna be like, oh for fuck's sake! I thought it was Premier League this weekend. What is this like? What is this Monkey League? But the the thing is, it's slightly. Um, unbalances the FIFA rankings because 
Yes. Like they're done on a kind of coefficient level. So, so if you play a better team but lose, you get more points than playing a shit team and winning when it yeah. comes to your FIFA rankings. And your FIFA rankings are only important, really, when you get put into a FIFA tournament, like yeah. the Euros and the World Cup, because that's where your group gets seeded. decided. How do the, good, the bad teams get better, too? Because they're only going to be playing that's other exactly bad teams. Exactly right. So, so if we draw against Spain away, I say we as England, that we get good. more on our FIFA ranking points than if Scotland beat Lithuania 10-0. Yeah. So, so it keeps the good teams seeded and keeps the poor teams scrambling sounds like the Premier League yeah Yeah. all all, like the the thing that I got out of it at the end was it guarantees all the big teams will qualify and it means that the friendlies are big teams playing big teams which aren't meant to be friendly they make them slightly competitive you're right because if if a big team doesn't make it through the qualifying campaign they've then got this yeah so like Italy missed out on the World Cup they would have a second chance I don't like that like I think it's important that every now and then big teams yeah the Netherlands when England missed the um Euros, Euros. I think it's good for a country yeah. to, to have that kind of wake-up call and yeah. go, we, we don't have God-given right to be here. Mm. Um, now, Jeff, you wanted to mention West Ham. We won't, we won't talk about Premier League too much. Just to let everyone know, we will have our preview show out in well, the week before the Premier League starts. Um, three weeks. So in about two or three weeks. Um, but first... Transfers? Do you want to? What uh, transfers do you want to look at? I, I do, and I realise that I missed something I wanted to say about England, but I guess we'll get back to it. Well, we um, haven't talked about England, Croatia. That's all right. Well, I, I banged on about Russia for a long time. Um, time. Now, the all reason right. why I want to talk about West Ham is because yeah. I have a sense of history repeating itself. Okay, <laughs> like doom. Is that so what? let me tell you what's happened in the transfer window so far for West Ham United. Cool. They have signed. Felipe Anderson for forty-two million. They've signed Issa Diop. Yeah, I've never heard of Issa. Felipe Anderson's really good. Issa Diop, never heard of. Twenty-two and a half million. Yarmolenko, he's really good, but he's a stroppy shit. Yeah. And he's flaky. Yeah. Um, seventeen and a half million. Lewis Flappy Hansky for seven. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, he used to play for Arsenal. Uh, Flappy Hansky. Uh, uh, Flappy he Hansky. was good for Swansea. Yeah, yeah he was Flappy Hansky. Um, seven point two million. Uh, Jack Wiltshire, that's good, but he's a sick note. Uh, Ryan Fredericks, Fabian Balbuana. No, I don't know who that is. Basically, what, and, and someone else today that I can't remember the name is. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players West Ham have signed already for big money. Now, I just want to tell you their opening fixtures of the Premier League. Pellegrini is. Yeah, Pellegrini. In no, the first, <laughs> in the first seven <laughs> games, they have Liverpool, Arsenal, Everton away, Chelsea, Man United. Had to put and Evan, Tottenham had to put Everton away there like that. Now, they're going to be bottom of the league aren't they doesn't this remind you Ooh, that, of, of what happened with Everton last yes. year when they spent £200 million on a lot of players had five first six games five of last year's top five were bottom basically bottom of the league and then sacked their coach by Christmas yeah I mean I'm just telling you I think this, it's spot on. this is not going to end well yeah I, I totally agree like the people they've bought are just Weird. And, and, and like, I reckon there was about 17 different nationalities in there. And different nationalities. They new play, coach. There's no kind of rhyme or reason to where they play or what they've got already. Like It's a new it's a new manager, which yeah. means that you know it takes time for a new manager to bet in. It takes time for new players to bet in. You get half a new team, they're all expected to perform. They're all expected to be the, the star players to pay yeah. £42 million on these guys. And they've all been told, oh, you're beating the team, you'll be in the team, you'll be in the exactly team. Exactly right. And they're all on big money. Which means they've all not come because of the love of West Ham United. They've come because 
we're on Big Bunny, we get to play in London, look at this stadium, isn't and then it they re- yeah, But then they realise they have manager. to play in the Olympic Stadium. Yeah, like, what seven is seven miles from the first <laughs> fan. And, and, and when they have those fixtures, they are going to be, not rock bottom, but they're going to be in the bottom five yeah. by the time that there's that fixture, which means all of them are going, what did we do? What are we doing here? And then the coach is under pressure, everyone's under pressure. They're fucked. End of the Dildo Brothers? So I, no, they'll stay even if they go down. Oh, I just hope they go bust and die. Yeah. No, I've been told that there's a there's an American consortium in the in the back that is pro preemptively pushing investment, yeah, to, okay. which is where the money for these players is coming from. This is what I've been told. It could yeah. be complete nonsense. Yeah, okay. my, my West Ham source often <laughs> talks nonsense. Um, however, I think they're fucked. So I can't wait to I can't wait for the Premier League to start. I can't wait to not get up at two in the morning to watch bloody Iceland versus no one. I'm, <laughs> I'm ready and raring to go. Um, we've got a run, but a couple of um, transfers that are quite big. Ronaldo's gone to Juventus. So's Zidane. And what? What? Breaking news! Breaking news! Breaking news! Is on this the your West Ham source? No, no, no. What's it then? No, I saw, it? I saw on my uh, two hours ago, hot for the press. Did, did you see it on Facebook from some weird site that you follow? Is, and is it something about going into the sea? No, he's, he's not going to play. He's not playing. He's not go, gone, going like in midfield. Lad's Bible or something. But going as their new head coach. No, they're not going to get rid of. Um, what's no. his name? Look, I'm just, I'm just telling you what the horse told me, <laughs> and he's nay wrong. But, <laughs> Uh, Zinedine Zidane to Juventus Serie A champions respond to claims Just what do they say not making it up hot off the press anyway uh, hot off the press from the Irish mirror <laughs> <laughs> definitely true then. so yeah Ronaldo to Juventus go figure 33 yeah it's ridiculous but um, didn't you say they already made the money back on the stock exchange they like yeah so value? it just in the week before the transfer happened the rumours were happening that it was going to happen their stocks went up 150 million and then it happened so their stock's probably gone up further. So they made their money they back. They made their money back in a day. Yeah. Wow. But Mark, I've got two transfers I've got to mention before we go. All right. Daily Blind. Yeah, gone. Gone to Ajax. For £18 million. Pounds. It's more than we bought him. No. How the hell did his value go up in the time that he was... We he's bought done... him as a 26-year-old. He's 30 now. And he's crap. It's ironic that he's gone during the World Cup as well, and probably the one good thing he's done in four years was play a nice floated pass to Van Persie <laughs> to score a classic <laughs> World Cup goal, yeah. then nothing for yeah. four years, then 18 million. 18 million. We made four million on him. Why did we never call him Daily Blind? Because his name's Blind. Yeah, but he was crap, wasn't he? So you, we should have been calling him Blind, blind but we yeah. didn't. No, it was, uh, now he's gone from the Premier League, we don't get a chance to call him Blind. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be back. Can't like, we just talk about him anyway? No. no. Don't you remember when Daily Blind went to Ajax? <laughs> <laughs> um, my last um, transfer news before we go is Usain Bolt going to the Central Coast in the A-League. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, that is weird. Is that real? Yeah, he's going for a trial. He's going like, a six-week trial. The, do you know, the main thing I thought about it was why Central Coast? Like, Aren't they the most irrelevant team in the A-League? Uh, uh, they Because they're willing to put 70% of his wages in. Yeah, okay. so they've got a bit of money behind the money. Yeah, so so that's the th- and that's the thing. He 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 might be good. The A League have got this pot of money that they're going to spend on a marquee signing, and he ticks the box for the marquee signing because you know he'll make waves, make but waves. Doesn't that, he can't play football. No, no. It, 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 that's, uh, the thing is, yeah, it fits with the current um, A League model of like 
Quick, we need a gimmick. We need to sell the A League. It doesn't matter about football. <laughs> Star Wars, uh, Marvel, Star Wars, Marvel, Star, Wars. Star Wars. Everyone loves Star Wars. Yeah. Usain Bolt, he's popular. <laughs> Get him in. Get him on a plane. Did you call him Usain? Usain it's, Bolt. It is the dumb. Like he's it's not a, bit a weird. footballer. He's very like, fast, though, John. It's like going, oh, Roger Federer. He was good at tennis. Like, you, let's get him in. Well, I, I once saw a veterans game versus like superstars or something, and I remember Frankie Fredericks played. Oh, the Namibian the sprinter. The Namibian sprinter, and he was really good because he was fast, and it was a load of fat old footballers, and he made them look fat and well, slow. Like I can see the theory, like kick it over the top. Usain Bolt runs. Well, and uh, Wellington Phoenix did just sign Stephen Taylor. Now Stephen yeah, Taylor, they call was, him Premier League hero. He was Stephen Taylor was very overweight when he played for Newcastle. So by the time he's now got a couple of years older and gone over to the A League, I dread to think what the well, oh, Usain Bolt would do to him. Yeah. But do, do you know that? I, I mean, I do have some strange sources, but but I did read a report that they will request if he signs to have his shirt number be nine point nine six. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, that's the worst. Uh, but on that note... What um, a disgrace. We should go. That was the end of the World Cup. Wow. Thanks for listening to us over the World Cup. Thank you. Um, Bring on the Premier League. I can't wait. We'll be back with the Premier League in a couple of weeks. See you in uh, four years. Yeah, four and a half years. In, in Qatar. Half years. God bless Qatar. <laughs> Bye, everyone. See ya. Woo!